93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's here. And Casey, we have such a brave soul in studio with us I today. can't even believe it, actually. This is, if you are, if you work down at 200 West Washington, this is how you should be doing your job. We have a sitting state rep, Republican, mm-hmm. who's willing to talk to us. We, got, we got a lady. We, <laughs> we hit the jackpot. Becky Cash, she represents the Brownsburg, Zionsville area. Becky, how are you? I'm fantastic. Rob, how are you? Well, I'm great. So last time we talked with you, you were uh, sponsoring that bill that would have made school board elections like every other election in the state of Indiana partisan. I think it would solve so much of the issue with the radical leftism in public schools. And you were kind of optimistic about that bill. Why did your colleagues not sign on with that? And how disappointing was that for you? Well, I wasn't expecting that as your first question. Hey, there you go. So, yeah, you know, I think that... Um, they just couldn't come to an agreement. The The Senate was pushing back pretty hard on it. Um, they tried to compromise in the House. Uh, I think I shared with you last time I wasn't actually really happy with the compromises that would have been needed um, to make that happen. I think it would have caused more problems than anything. Um, I think it might come back in the next session. I'm not really sure. But at some point in time, you compromise to such a level that the bill is no earthly good, as we like to say, and it's probably best that it died anyway. Do your house colleagues, because you were you were honest, very honest with us. You said, I didn't realize what an issue this was until I got elected and started hearing from people. So you said, you know, hey, that's my job is to serve the people. Do your house colleagues understand what a big deal, especially in central Indiana, this radical leftism in public school stuff is? Well, I think they do now with the bill that we passed as far as... Um, pornography and sexually explicit materials in the school. But to be really honest, I didn't realize how differently different school boards run throughout the state. And I think that was part of the problem also. I mean, for example, you have some areas, like I think Lebanon didn't even get enough candidates to run for school board. Um, Some people saw this as, gosh, we're not even really going to be able to get enough candidates. Whereas here we were, you know, in areas like you know, you live in Brownsburg and um, Hamilton, Southeastern, and these different areas where that were really screaming the battle cry for partisan school boards. And uh, I, I will tell you honestly, um, we had quite a few colleagues who just genuinely didn't understand what the issue was because of the way their school boards ran. That's mm. a, that's that's absolutely amazing, and I appreciate you being so honest about that. So, how do you how do you uh, educate those people? Like, what is the goal over the next year to educate those people to let them know what a big deal this is, at least for a large portion of the state? Right. Well, I think it it definitely opened up a conversation with it. Um, I don't want to give names, but there are a couple of representatives. Um, strong, newer representatives out there who had put forward some legislation that I think was really good. Uh, I don't know if they'll bring it back, Um, but I definitely think the conversation was started and to my knowledge, it had never been brought up before. Um, So... Uh, Becky Cash is our guest, state representative from uh, Brownsburg, Zionsville. Casey. Now, you said that there was a lot of compromise, and by the end of it, the bill just becomes completely watered down, and it's really no longer good for anybody. Why do you think there was so much pushback from the Senate? Well, (laughs) I'm learning that the Senate's a little bit like Vegas. What happens in the Senate stays in the Senate. Um, I genuinely, I think we were scratching our heads through a lot of it. Um, I don't really know 
I, I can't speak for them over there. All I can tell you is that within the House, um, the biggest dissension she, seemed to be with people who um, genuinely their school board elections run just very differently than ours do. And they thought that it would actually be a hindrance to them getting people. And then um, to be really honest, there was also opposition from people who are really against the two primary rule. And, uh, of course, that was passed a couple of years ago in the legislature that said that you have to have voted in two Republican primaries or two Democrat primaries, your most recent elections, to even get on the ballot. And that segment of the of Indiana was actually really against this, too, because they felt that it would keep some of their people off the ballot. So the dissension came from a lot of different uh, areas in this. So we had members of the caucus who probably in general weren't against it, but because of the two primary role and their fear that this would fall under that area, they were against it, too. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into the meat and potatoes. Why Becky's here. She voted for the budget. It's got uh, not a lot of help for you. It does grow the government, and Becky's bold enough to defend that. We will take a break. Becky Cash, state representative, our guest. When we return, 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey Show. Morning, take WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Casey's here. We are continuing our conversation with State Representative Becky Cash. She was bold enough to come in and answer the questions about voting for the largest budget in Indiana history that doesn't do a lot for you, for the taxpayers. And uh, Becky, last segment, we talked to you about that bill that I thought was a great bill that would have made school board races like every other race in the state of Indiana, forcing people to declare a party affiliation. Becky, that was the easy question. You ready for the hard stuff now? (laughs) Well, that's probably the stuff I was expecting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, you know, look, Ed, we really appreciate you being here because so many of your colleagues will absolutely not do this. But you had, you know, we talked about uh, through our mutual friend, Micah Beckwith. He had said, hey, Becky Cash said she will totally come on and talk with you about the budget (laughs) and about voting for the budget and approving the budget. And I said, well, hot dang, let's do it. So I think the average person looks at this budget and says it's $44 billion, which is like close to seven billion bigger than the last budget. They look at no meaningful property tax help. They look at the gas tax going up again. You see a very small income tax cut that benefits uh, proportionally wealthy people more than regular Hoosiers. And they say, I'm getting crushed. And it seems like the Republican supermajorities grew government again. Are they wrong to think that? Well, I can tell you that in those, well, those last hours were, I don't know if they were stressful, they were frustrating um, as the Senate was bringing forward a third edition of the budget. Of course, I'm a freshman, so I hadn't experienced this before. But just going back a little bit, um, I think most people who listen to your show probably know this, but the House writes the budget and then the House sends it over to the Senate. That whole process of sending it over to the Senate, I'm going to be really honest, was very painful for our caucus in general as we watched the Senate gut everything from the expansion of the school vouchers um, to all of the property tax reform. Uh, I'm not sure if they gutted the income tax reform at that point in time. And I asked some people, I said, is this typical? You know, I've obviously never been involved in 
um, writing a budget, and I wasn't because I'm not on that committee, but I've never been a part of this process. And they told me, they said, even senators who I do respect and think a lot of, they said, no, this is really unprecedented. I mean, they cut everything for CTE, which is career technical education, which all of my district surveys hugely supported um, more career technical education in the high schools. One senator actually said to me, it's like they took your budget and they didn't just throw it on the ground, but they stepped on it and stomped on it afterwards. So then, of course, it came back to the House and it became a matter of putting it back together, um, the biggest goal of the House um, Republican caucus was the expansion of the school voucher program. And, and okay, so so and Becky Cash is our guest, by the way, state rep from Zionsville and Brownsburg. I think that's where people get really upset is they're saying, look, you guys have all this money. I mean, we have this just record budget. We have these record surpluses. And then when people raise their hands and go, hey, we'd like a little help with the things that are killing us in society, which is gas to go places to work and then the ability to stay in our homes. People see that they got absolutely almost none of that. And it seems like the Republicans in the Senate went out of their way to ensure they didn't get any of that. I can I can concur that it definitely felt that way to me, and I definitely believe it felt that way to um, to our caucus. So why didn't the House stand up? Why doesn't the House say, look, it takes two to tango. We're not doing this. If you guys want to be here till the middle of May, then we'll be here till the middle of May. It just seems like everybody said, well, we got to get out of here by Friday. So, OK, whatever they did, fine, cool. Well, I mean, I, I, I can't speak for the Senate, right? I mean, I was going to run for the Senate they redistricted. I couldn't run for the Senate. So I'm probably glad that I'm not over there, but I think I could have handled anywhere that I was. Um, That might sound a little arrogant, but... No, you'd be markedly better than the person. But that's what I'm saying. Why didn't the House? Because you guys are an equal part of this process. Right. Look, I know you can't speak for 99 other people, but I guess from your perspective, why didn't you say hey, nobody's getting helped here that needs help, and we're growing government, and we're throwing billions at the the public school system, and there's no way you senators who went behind closed doors at 1 a.m. and came up with a new school funding formula, there's no way you guys know what you're voting on. I'm out on this. It just doesn't seem like anybody did that, and I think that's where a lot of the frustration is. Right. Well, I'm going to answer it a couple different ways. I voted for the budget because of the expansion of the school voucher program. Um, I was getting so many emails, text messages, um, messages on Facebook from actually a lot of people in Brownsburg. um, A lot of it came from there saying, please, please, please do whatever you can to expand the vouchers, to expand the income cap, and to get rid of the pathways. And in those final moments, last 45 minutes, as you know, it was being discussed, The question I had for myself was, am I going to vote against this budget because there is stuff in here that I am not okay with, or am I voting for the largest expansion of school vouchers in the country? That's why I did vote for it. Um, I'm not a tax expert. Um, And I've actually spent the last probably 48 hours just really combing through what we did as far as property taxes. We put a lot of caps in place. Um, I had the schools contacting me. You can't cap our referendums. Um, I I will admit that I... um, 
I heard property tax reform, um, income tax reform, and and what I'm looking for. I do feel that we did some things to help with property tax. I'm a libertarian at heart. I'd rather pay no taxes at all. But at the end of the day, for me, it came down to the expansion of the school vouchers. And I, I will confess that I didn't know how to fight for more as far as the taxes. Um, I was getting updates on what was happening and you know, I still sometimes I ask myself, should I have voted no? But at the end of the day, I settle with the fact that I voted for the largest expansion of school vouchers. And the only way we're going to enable, I ran to help children and families of District 25. And that program, that expansion of the school vouchers, as well as the expansion of CTE and money for CTE, which will enable students to actually get associate's degrees in high school. Um, it will keep our kids out of, you know, having to go to universities for longer, allow them to go directly into the workforce. Um, I felt that the funding that went for those things warranted me voting for it. State Rep Becky Cash joins us from Zionsville in Brownsburg. All right, Becky, now there's no crying in politics, so I'm going to play a little bit of hardball with you. We've got property taxes, we've got the gas tax, we've got the inflation rising, a $44 billion budget. It seems that maybe you were narrow-sided saying that you voted for the budget just based on the one issue alone to you, which was the voucher. Don't you think the optics from the Senate and the House of Representatives are awful approving this budget when Hoosier families are suffering because of the things I have listed and yet they approve giving themselves raises? I mean, that looks awful to every politician in the state of Indiana that did that. That's almost like a middle finger to all of the constituents. Right. Well, actually, I would like to talk about the raises because I first heard on this show that we voted to give ourselves raises. And I quite honestly thought, what are you talking about? We didn't vote to give ourselves raises. We didn't discuss giving ourselves raises. So I actually started to do some research and the line item with the appropriation for Um, the payment for the legislature is actually an appropriation. So the the way that salaries are determined, and I'm not trying to make excuses, so please push back if I'm dead wrong on this. Like I said, I I am learning also um, in this area as I go. But what the information that I received is that it's an appropriation in 2007 with a Democrat House and a Republican Senate. They voted to um, to index the legislature salary based on judges' salaries to the lowest judges' salary, and we get 18% of that. Since they don't know if the judges' salaries are going to go up or how much they're going to go up, they put aside an appropriation, which, based on the numbers I looked at, I think was a $1.5 million increase over... I guess the last budget and what I actually called policy and they said, no, 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 that is a line item because we don't know what's going to happen with the amount. You might not get a raise at all. It could be a thousand dollars, but it's not actually an even division as far as what our salaries will be. But I think the average person would say, why didn't you just pass a law that says we're not taking any additional money? I mean, it's this is, I think, one of the frustrations people have is that and it's from people like Jim Lucas on property taxes where you guys are in charge, right? Like you guys make a lot of money to work three months out of the year and people say well it, it, it 
it's not our fault. It's somebody else makes that choice. You guys make the choice. And let's face it, there's a history of the raises going up. If you guys had allocated no money for it, well, then there'd be no there'd be no raises. You guys could could if someone decides you guys could end up with fifteen thousand dollars a piece going into your pockets. I'm not saying you're doing that to be greedy. I'm saying that's terrible optics for this state. Right, right. Well, and I, um, I actually asked that question. I said, could we have voted to just freeze where we were at? Because I don't know if that legislatively, based on what was done in 2007, and policy did tell me, yes, you guys could have done that. Um, I, di- I didn't know that I didn't vote to give our to give ourselves a raise. And like I said, the line item is in there. And so, you know, all this legislation that I was working on until the very end, it's it's kind of like um, it, a lot of times, you know, I'll get a message from someone and they'll say, why did you vote this way on this? This is going to do X, Y, Z. And I'll say, I didn't know, you know, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I understand everything in there, the way all of the tax formulas. Um, I'm a I'm a fast learner. I'm learning. I was very, very focused on the school vouchers, on getting the sexually explicit material out of the schools. Um, The budget was out there, you know. The changes that were made in the last couple of hours were not about the taxes, and so um, what I can tell you is there was no discussion whatsoever in our caucus about, hey, let's give ourselves raises. Mm-hmm. I understand what the optics look like, but it's an appropriation and doesn't at all mean that we're going to get a raise. All right. More with our guest, Becky Cash, Indiana State Representative. She has been brave enough to join us for the hour talking about voting for the Indiana state budget, the uh, lack of property tax reform, the gas tax increases, the raises for the state lawmakers. A lot more on the way. We continue our deep dive on why she voted for the Indiana Indiana State Budget. When we return, 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey Show. Guys, how would you like to get a 35% bonus when you invest your money? If you invest $100,000, you get a $35,000 bonus. If you invest $200,000, you get a $70,000 bonus. If this sounds too good to be true, it's not. And this special offer gets even better. You'll also sleep well knowing your money is backed by an A-plus insurance company that's been in business for 140 years and has $2.5 trillion in assets. Learn more by calling Bill Demery, your retirement guy right here in Indy, at 317-932-9912. Hey, it's Rob. And as you know, I don't like many people. But one person I really do like is Bill Demery. Learn how you could get a 35% bonus by calling 317-932-9912. As we celebrate mediocrity, all the boys upstairs want to see how much you'll pay for what you used to get. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here, continuing now our conversation with State Representative Becky Cash. She's been bold enough to come in and talk about her vote for the Indiana budget. 
huge kudos to you, Becky, for having mm-hmm. the the cojones or well, that doesn't work here, but yeah, yeah, whatever, <laughs> to come in here and answer these questions because the rest of your colleagues won't do it. But let's face it, I'm doing my best, Rob. If if in two years uh, there's fifteen thousand dollars allocated per person, I don't see. Uh, you know, I don't see Chris Jeter stroking a check back to the Treasury or declining the money. I mean, I think that's where right. people are like, you know, you guys certainly made sure Holcomb got, you know, his free textbooks. You, you know, that was ironclad. You guys made sure Holcomb got a half a billion dollars to strong arm farmers out of out of land like he did in Boone County. And it's just like when it's this thing that benefits you guys, it's like, ah, well, maybe it will be. Maybe it won't be. Somebody else will make that choice. So it sounds like, you know, you understand it's bad optics and it is what it is. And now it's the now it's law. Casey, go ahead. Now, Becky, you had mentioned that you ran on the voucher system and you were happy that that passed based partly on your vote. Do you regret now that the budget has been passed that maybe that was a little narrow-sighted to focus just on one issue? Right. Well, I always promise to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sorry that I voted yes on the budget. However, in two years from now, um, I will know more than I know now. Um, I will know to look at more line items in there um, that are there. I will tell you that, you know, SB1, um, some people might disagree, but the mental health bill, um, we we didn't even fund that by 50%. So there are things in there. Um, my understanding is that we gave something like $200 million to a pig farm. I'm not saying pork isn't really important in the state of Indiana, but there's definitely... Um, money that is concerning. Um, I had messages from my commissioners regarding the sheer amount of money going to IEDC. Um, I'm not at all comfortable with the amount that we continue, especially given that I had local, I won't say which county, but local county officials saying, please stop sending us all of this money. I think um, some of that is really frustrating to me, some of the money that clearly was political. Mm -hmm. How do we stop this? Because it seems like, you know, and, and obviously, look, you're one person. So the question is... And I maintain, look, you got to vote everybody out. And I'm not going to, since you're here, I'm not going to deny that and say, if people voted for this, they're clearly not serious about stopping this. So help us understand. I mean, if you get in a position where, well, whatever the Senate makes changes to, we just got to kind of deal with and, and eat if there's something in there I like. How do we stop this? I mean, you guys have a sickening amount of money to play with and the taxpayers got next to nothing here. So other than voting all incumbents out, if the system is so flawed and so riddled and basically corrupt, what are we supposed to do other than vote all the incumbents out? Because it doesn't sound like in the current system, taxpayers can ever get a fraction of what they deserve. Right. Well, I can, I can speak for myself and some of my colleagues um, I know are listening to the people. I did not get one phone call, one email, one message about holy cow, did you see that this tax thing is in the budget? The IEDC was actually a big discussion just even within the House caucus. There were a lot of people frustrated about the amount of money with that. But as far as the taxes, um, I need people to message me and to call me and to contact me. And I'm not trying to you know, go, hey, it's not my fault. I mean, I, I voted for it and... I, I stick by that that voucher program there. There were budgets. Um, I voted against the local government budget. It was a Christmas tree budget, or I'm sorry, not budget, bill. It was huge. We got in there. We were like, what the heck is going on? Um, I'm not saying there were bad things in there, but I just didn't have any idea 
what was in that bill. And so, you know, my record clearly shows that I voted no on things that the caucus predominantly voted yes on. Um, I'm, I'm willing to go against the grain. But when people see things or me not being a tax expert, I mean, I will do everything in my power to learn as much as I can. But I need people who understand taxes to say to me like, hey, these tax caps that they're doing aren't really going to save the kind of money or they're only going to save the wealthy money um, because I'm I'm going based on the information that I'm being given and how I, can, I need my people to I need I need my district to contact me mm-hmm. and say, hey, this is here. Vote no on this bill or vote no because of that so that I know that there is a pushback on something. Real quick, Casey, before you ask this question, let me introduce our guest again. It's Becky Cash. She represents uh, part of uh, Zionsville, Brownsburg area in the Indiana State House. Kind enough to come in and talk with us today, as everyone should be doing. And we Mm -hmm. give her huge credit for that about why she voted in support of the budget. Go ahead, Casey. Sorry. Well, I'm just wondering, you know, you said when in regards to the tax code and, and you're not a tax professional, neither am I. But but as Hoosiers, how can we not think that that is intentional? You have said you're you're a freshman, you're learning on the go, um, you're trying to get a handle on it as best you can. Well, imagine what your constituents feel like when they're not even sitting in the room. Like, it right. feels like it's intentionally confusing so that nothing can ever get done. Right. Well, I mean, I, I will admit that I... Um I thought we had done more with property taxes. Um, I guess they decided the bigger focus was on income taxes um, in doing that. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to make excuses for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know where the pushback comes. You guys know where the pushback comes in cutting property taxes. So you're taking from the schools, you're taking from local government. Well, the local government got all this extra tax money because of, you know, inflation and from the federal government. So that's not... Uh, that's not a good excuse for me at all. Um, and, you know, they're, they're picking and choosing on where to, you know, my understanding is that our income tax will be by 2027, the lowest in the country, unless somebody else cuts. Um, well, I mean, there's people with no income yeah, tax. Yeah, I mean, right. Florida, Tennessee, like, they have zero income yeah. tax. Uh, okay. yeah. Move Becky, to one of those states, give yourself a $10,000 rate. And, and we appreciate you spending the hour with yeah. us. And absolutely, yeah. you've answered the questions. And whether we agree or not, you have been the first person who's had the courage to come in here and answer And I apologize. Questions. I know it sounds like I'm making a no, lot of excuses. Look, I mean, I, I stand by my vote on the largest expansion of, yeah. of vouchers. I definitely agree that... Um, taxes are too high. I don't like the gas tax. I will tell you in the district survey that I sent out, I received um, one of the highest number of responses of anybody else. And I was actually shocked um, that the majority of people, one of the questions we asked was, should we eliminate the gas tax or should we lower the gas tax? And the majority of people said, no, we need that money for the roads. Mm. And so I they ran. must not listen to this radio station. I know. So that was a little bit. Uh, another another issue just that was really curious to me is that um, Ball State University did a study. They said it was statewide on um, marijuana legalization mm-hmm. and decriminalization. And one of the questions on our survey was about uh, legalization. Now, I wish it had been decriminalization, but... Ball State said 85% mm-hmm. of the states supported Yes, um, supported it. My district survey came back as only 48%. Mm. Now, the question was legalization mm-hmm. and if it had been decriminalization or medical. So for me, I've been a huge proponent of that. 
that makes me say, well, I would still vote for it, but maybe it shouldn't be the bills that I'm running. So um, trying to do what the district wants. Well, and- well, Becky, we definitely appreciate you spending an hour with us. We got more out of this hour than we've gotten after uh, se- seven months of engaging in conversations with some of your colleagues on well, social media. that's good because I don't feel like I did very well. well are, you no. going, are you going to take <laughs> our messages back to your colleagues and also recommend that they do what you have done and take a seat in front of the microphone and answer hard questions? Yeah, I, I will. And I do know that some of my colleagues uh, <laughs> will be listening because they tell me, they message me and say, hey, Good luck. We heard you on there. Well, you know, and I mean, that's but that's it, right? This is you. Just for the record, too, Becky, you were not injured in any way. While I you was were not. Here. I think it's my fourth time being on. You're, um, you're, you're allowed to come and go as you please. There was you were not held against your will. Uh, no, my bodyguard is still here. No, I'm just kidding. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So, Becky, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to hang you. out with us, and we appreciate you. Even if we don't agree, we appreciate you explaining mm-hmm. why you did what you did. Thank you. I appreciate you guys too. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey Show.